0: Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that the audio quality on the first eight episodes is a little bit lower. Uh, episode nine, with Scott Stripling, we got mics and started improving our audio quality from there. Feel free to skip around. Brad, how are you? Chris. Good to see back. you. back. Thank you. I was out for a little bit. Yes, today is
1: Friday, February 9th. You uh, were out for the February 2nd I was
0: episode? out for the February 2nd episode. Good how week. was it? It was nice. We had a female perspective on surfing from Anouk. Anouk, I, I was stoked to see that she was here. I was bummed I couldn't be there as well. Yeah, I know, you are pretty sick. <laughs> I
1: was. And I guess it's gonna
0: happen from time to
1: time where one of us is not able to do it and yeah. it's cool to pull in somebody else and get a, a totally different perspective, totally different feel.
0: Are we thinking of bringing her in a little bit more often?
1: She'll do it. Anouk, looking at you. I think we're gonna maybe have you come back. Yeah, she was, she was a lot of fun to talk to and she had some really crazy stories. I had no idea, and I've known her for a long time. I had no idea that she started surfing the way that she did.
0: Oh, sick. How's it going? Come hey on you, in, man. everybody. It's a party. We're just Can't having we're having a good time. Don't mind to jump I'm on sorry, in. Man. No, no it's You're, right, welcome. you're, welcome. you're welcome. Say hello to the people on the internet. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> I'm, uh, from, I'm from Brazil. <laughs> Brazil, <Yeah>. todo i <laughs> I talk. That's a good start, that's a good conversation starter. <laughs> Brazil. So you are Chris from First Shop and Division. Anything you guys started in the
0: last like couple weeks that I don't know about? Or, uh, pretty much, you got your hands full. Yeah, we got our hands full. We're kind yeah. of rolling things out, getting tattoos going every single day. That's nice. Um, we've got an event space in the back that we're gonna convert this next coming week. We got some really cool stuff like Uh, We're working with some medical marijuana clinics on being able to get uh, a doctor there that's going to be able to let you uh, to prescribe you your license, Uh as well as do seminars to go and discuss all the medicinal values from the CBD oils to the hand salves, um, and also even asking you, do you know what you're smoking? You know, Um, and really just trying to get away from that whole spicoli type of kind of stigma that, um, that marijuana has kind of gotten over yeah. the years and kind of looking at it as a medicinal plant and all its um, you know potential usages. Um, even some of the stuff for like tattoo artists, they're able to kind of use some of that hand salve on their wrists because they're tattooing all day. Their ah. lower back from sitting there. Of course, or, like shapers. Right, And or even the person that's getting a tattoo, you can go ahead and numb the area a little bit with a good salve and it's just all organic. I know. Um, so, You know, we're going to be doing seminars for our older folks, people that are over 60 uh, that might think that weed is bad or marijuana is no bueno. Um, This is kind of there to show it to them and actually have the classes and seminars specifically for them. So they don't feel like they're sitting next to a 20 year old and you're like, what do I have in common to share with this guy? You know, really? so yeah, those are cool things that we'll be rolling wow. out in the next Interesting week. Interesting programming come. coming down at Division Winwood. Yeah, we're we're pretty stoked on it. It's kind of cool. So we'll be building that out next week. And please, definitely, by I'm sure this next uh, uh, podcast that we do next week, we'll we'll have a lot more information on.
1: It. Okay, you can always check out Division Winwood on Instagram, on Facebook, all
0: your social media. Absolutely, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, what else? Uh, how things going? I missed waves the whole that week that. I was out sick last week that you had a nook. There was, there was surf, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a little bit of waves last week. Um,
1: more so than this week. Although, we're kind of like getting into springtime, it seems. Uh, was it summer outside? It's it February. Is and It's it really is hot. Yeah, really hot. Um, we have yeah. anything coming up? It's not looking too good, really. <laughs> I mean, we've got basically almost like a springtime or summertime pattern. We've got a big high blocking anything that's going to come south in terms of storms. Um, so it's almost like a trade swell, east, east, southeast trade swell. So you get above the Palmas and you'll see some east swell, probably like in the chest high range over the weekend.
0: As we start to end into uh, the winter and come into our springtime, Uh winds start to come out of a particular direction more so than others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we seeing that that's kind of starting to set up a little bit earlier? Yeah. With um, this
1: high? Yeah. And you know, these, these things do happen from time to time where like a pattern will shift. And, like, you can go into what seems like a summertime pattern for a short period of time. And so it kind of remains to be seen what happens this time around. If that high will really just sit there for the remainder of what would be our normal winter season. And we, you know, could have just had a really early spring this year. Right. Um, Or if it'll break down and we'll get something that'll, you know, actually uh, push further south in terms of cold fronts and, and lows that can break through that high. We'll have to wait. We'll wait and see. But you're right in asking you know, about the seasonal change. Um, a lot of times during the winter, you start to see the north, northeast winds, right. and then as we move towards uh, the spring and summer, the wind transition more to uh, uh, southeast. Southeast, east, southeast, exactly, southeast direction. Um, so right now, that's basically the conditions we're under. Um, east, southeast winds, some of them are gonna be stronger at times, so you might be able to catch a little windswell set. But Chances are it'll probably be knee high, and yes. if it's
0: knee high chop, we're here shop. God, I love that. Wow, story. that was go. so I throw good. That time. Yeah,
1: I mean this is the right <laughs> time for it. It is, it is turning into that season, so come down to the shop and buy some wax or something. Um, what else is going on? Oh, on Thank You Surfing this week we posted a local lens by this guy Alex. He was doing some really different stuff than we've uh, posted in the past. It was, I guess slightly more featuring waves than surfers um, and he had a like really interesting take on what waves looked like he had some like underwater stuff some way above land stuff so
0: all around here or just
1: kind of he just looked like a mix of stuff a lot locally um, although I don't think you could tell it was local right um, just because it was like underwater there's sharp to find features right um, but yeah it was uh, pretty interesting to see that stuff uh, what else we got coming up well we got all the previous episodes of uh our talk story cool are on the blog and on youtube so you guys can go on youtube and uh subscribe to that stuff we've gotten some subscribers we have yeah so people kind of like what we're doing it looks that way stop get out guys yeah people are commenting i'm getting like uh, some fan mail and stuff people some feedback i mean give yeah. us feedback
0: tell us what like our Talking too much.
1: As a matter of fact, we're not talking loud enough. One of the things we were talking about today uh, was a suggestion. Okay, I like it. Someone who's a new dad, another face in the lineup, one of these guys that we know, uh, had a baby in the last, oh gosh, I guess it's been over a year now. Um, Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. It's a tough one. So his whole thing was he wanted to talk hear us talk about what it's like to be a parent and a surfer. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where he's going with that, but right. it seems like a big one. I mean, lots of my friends are having kids. Right. Um, lots of my friends already have kids. Uh, I'm an uncle. I'm a godfather. So, I mean, I get it. there's, like, I want to introduce them to surfing. Like, first and foremost, that's right. kind of like my
0: first Right. My You're first like, thought. this is me. I This is my role. Right. I'm the uncle. I'm the godfather that's supposed to do this.
1: Yes. That's great. To all the kids. Right. Yeah. Like, that, that's my job. Now, as having a kid, right, tell me how this might be a slightly different perspective.
0: Well, you know, I mean, as it is, um, you know, kids consume a lot of your time, as they should, um, your kids. (laughs) Um, And on top of it, if you are in a place where there's a good consistent amount of surf, um, you kind of you're able to kind of manage your days accordingly, right? If you um, if you have to work all the time, you and the wife, or, or if you're a single parent and you kind of have to put kids in school sometimes mm-hmm. at an earlier age, and yet while you have to work, you know, all of a sudden you're like, where is my me time? Where do I kind of make this kind of happen? So it's just me time is probably the first. Right, like, that's kind of things. being challenging on its own. Yeah. So then you if you couple that with a location that you know lacks surf, like we sometimes do, unfortunately, for uh-huh. such a long time, that kind of makes it even more challenging.
1: I think that's pretty much got to be the hardest part because you need to be able to schedule your life as much as possible around waves here. Um, Or at least give yourself some flexibility or some option saying, if it's good enough, it meets some standard that I have and I feel like I can do it, I'm taking a sick day Right, you know, mental health day or something like
0: that. And that's kind of important. I'm glad you even said that mental health part because it's true. We all have a mental health that we have to kind of monitor and manage. It, th- it doesn't mean anything. Like, y'all have your physical health, right? You're either good physical health or bad physical health. You're either good mental health or bad mental health. And it's so challenging out there already as it is. That's why it's always like one of those things where you try to find like-minded people. You know, um. like-hearted people and stuff like that. And this kind of goes back into the parenting thing as well, where down in South Beach, what I love about it is that you see all these kids that kind of gather on 3rd Street, and you see all these moms and dads, and, and it's a real communal kind of effort where see, everyone's like, watching like, their kids. And it's weird. It's very in bohemian-like. In
1: some beach
0: communities,
1: or I'd say uh, all beach communities I've been to, there is some large group of families, sometimes multi-generational, usually right. multi-generational, right? that are just like, posted up, holding it down, and have been maybe forever, I don't know, it It seems like forever when you show up. And
0: it's one of those things where, you know, you have a lot of other parents that like, wanna go surf and do this, and I gotta watch the kid, or I don't have anybody, but then, you know, they find these play groups with other kids and other parents that have people that kind of just sit on the beach and and do stuff, and they're like, hey, you go out there for a little bit, and Uh you know, sometimes all you need is that one wave. All you need Uh is that 20 minutes, you know, and you're like, oh, I just I got some salt in my skin. Uh-huh. You know, I got to go ahead and just recharge for a second, and that is part of that mental health that really kind of just balances you out. You know, and it's, it's a difference between maybe just being so agitated and the smallest little things that can snap to being like, oh, I need really, like, wave. yeah. You know, all it takes is that one wave, and all of a sudden you're just like, thank you. You know, we give you know thanks to everything that we get out there and uh, and to the people around. So I mean. As, as a as as a, as a parent, whether you're a single parent or you or you you know you, you have a
1: big support like, network, right? Or not?
0: Don't you know? Maybe it's about finding other like-minded people that kind of share those things. And if and you never know, it doesn't have to be someone you think you would ever hang out with. Um, but you'll find that we're all in it together. Ah, the whole well, in it, it
1: takes a village kind of concept. It really does. It really, yeah. Does. Well, I mean, I guess that's an interesting way to look at it. I know I joked about it with you, uh, talking about this sort of concept. I was like. Yeah. I had a kid, and I had to figure out how to go surfing with a child. Like, right. I would – there would be the four of us, right. your daughter, my kid, and you sitting right. in a truck and going up coast. And I'd be like, all right, you got the first 30 minutes, and right. Right. the and next and, 30. And there's
0: certain phases, right? Because that, you know, granted, you, you might have to sacrifice for the first couple years because, granted, the, the, you may be not – your, your child might not be comfortable with anybody. They might sure kind of yeah, be a little yeah. bit more protective, um, as well as they're well, you know, they can't probably swim completely on their own either. So, so you kind of want to make it a little bit easier for the other parent that's going to kind of watch your kid. Um, so usually, I, I usually find that probably over three or four years old, then you can kind of start doing a lot of these things. But man, I, I can't wait to go up coast with friends and their kids and stuff like that. And and Gigi is loves the ocean and she's kind of gotten into it a lot and. Um, but yeah, I'm still not completely there yet. And, um, so yeah, like everything else, still kind of figuring it out. I I guess
1: that's kind of why you probably asked the question in the first place
0: because he's trying to figure it out. Um, I feel for you. (laughs) I feel for you. It ain't easy. You know what? Come over here. Let's become friends. Let's, let's continue that network. If you want, if you need help meeting people, I mean, this shop is actually pretty awesome for it because we always have people stopping in and out. Uh, hanging out to talk Story and you never know who you get to talk to and come here and be like express those concerns and be like Where do I find this kind of support group? And then you say, you know what? All you got to do is go to Third Street You'll see a good group of kids and whatnot get in there bring a six-pack of beer, you know High-five people and say hey, I'd like to meet some people.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a pretty good idea. It just may seem Strange because I think serving in a lot of cases can be like a very solitary pursuit and so you go out in the lineup, you paddle out by yourself, paddle back in by yourself, get your wave by yourself. And so you don't think that the guy next to you has got like a kid screaming at home, like, like you do, that exactly. you're thinking about like, oh shit, my significant other is dealing with this all by herself today because I'm here, like I gotta get back to it. But everyone's going through that, I guess.
0: Right, and that's a great point that you kind of bring up right now in regards to teamwork, making it, for the dream work you know i mean it's serious like you have to kind of remind yourself that it's just not you like if you have a significant other they're busting their butts too and if that significant other is actually watching the the kid while you're doing the work and stuff like that which happens a lot as well you might say oh but i've been working all day just to come home and with the kid and whatnot and yeah we all Are Working hard, you know, and whether it's she or he that's staying home with the baby Uh while the other one is working hard It's a matter of both the understanding Hey, I've got to. as the more that I think about that other person and what they might be going through That is a way for them to kind of do the same for me as well So yeah, it's saying yeah, you're out surfing for about an hour. and You're like, oh man, you know I got traffic that's gonna start kicking in (laughs) about 30 40 minutes. I really like to catch don't be selfish Got your surf you got you know, you got to kind of recharge Get out there. Get back in there. Come back early. Bring flowers. Wow. Look at you. Yeah, you know, that's sometimes you've got to yeah. change it up a little bit, you know. Yeah, that's um, uh, good advice. And, and, it, and it goes so far. It goes so yeah. far because the other person really appreciates it. And then, what you know what, the next time you want to go serve, there is nothing worse than being in a relationship where someone just gives you grief for every time that you're gonna go out and surf. And I know we've all kind of, not all of us, but some of us has kind of felt that in in some relationships more than other, where it's just like, ugh, why do I feel like I have to walk on eggshells or ask for permission to do it? Um, But if you start doing things that kind of help offset that, that other person will be like, you know what? This person's being really considerate. This person, my my hubby, my wife, whatever, (laughs) my girlfriend, my baby daddy is being real considerate, Um, have fun. Enjoy it because it should be something that you want that other person to really nourish them.
1: And and if they don't really understand it, either you're doing it wrong or maybe that person is not the right influence in your life. If you're really that dedicated to it, I mean... Tune in to
0: 7 p.m. as we do the Love Connection (laughs) Hour and talk about all things relationship. Chuck Woolery will be joining us.
1: yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not quite there yet, but it's uh, something that I see with my friends, and um, I, for one, try to be generous in that sense. Right. Like, if I know that there's gonna be waves, um, I'll be like, look, there's gonna be waves. I tell my friends as advanced as possible. Right. Like, if you guys can make arrangements with the family, this is where there's going to be waves, maybe we can go together, let's pack a cooler, let's all show up together, I got a tent. You know, like, We can make a day of it, and it doesn't have to be like a hardcore surf trip to be fun.
0: Now, we know that we can see forecasts Uh roughly about 7 to 10 days out. Obviously, the further out it gets, uh, that cone of certainty gets a little bit wider. Um, Is it possible that within 5 days, you can have a pretty good idea? Granted, I know that weather changes and whatever the case is, but what would you say is how many leeway of days out that you can kind of have some sort of certainty for the most part. Granted, we're in Miami, so um, all of that just gets thrown out the window for whatever reason, even when you think it's going to happen the next day. Would you say three days would would be more of a – a little bit more of an accurate number uh, to be able, so again, to try to be able to plan these things and say, hey – Well, dude, it's a very difficult question. Right. And I've kind of taken the approach of
1: – I go on alert. So, like, seven to ten days out, I can be like – just kind of like what we do with hurricanes. Right. unfortunately, it's you're looking way, way, way out, and you're like, "Ooh, gee, that could be something." Come a few days from now, and then if it starts to materialize, you're like, "Well, it's not like a little thing that I need to be worried about. It's like something that I need to like look at like maybe every few hours now." And and then you go progressively closer, and then you know, at least for me, like I'll check the buoys and check the winds before I even get in the car in the morning. And right. That's and, and even on the way up sometimes, like within hours, I'll be making like micro adjustments to where I think we should be going or where the waves are gonna be best.
0: According to tide, tide winds, winds, time of day, that your crew does have to do this. direction, crowds. Holy shit, that traffic looks really bad in front of me. <laughs> yeah, there's a million
1: variables. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like you spiral in um, all the way into what the right forecast right. is. And, um, you know, there's that mathematical sequence that oh, we all right. like.
0: That math um,
1: that that basically narrows down um, you know where you should be going and why and it, like you said it's it it comes in at the end and right. you're like and then you can really make a decision um, like day of where you should be right but up until then it's like guesswork 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 warmer 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 all right I think I've pretty much got the idea got it. Um, All right, we got off being a parent and a surfer, but I think we covered a lot of that stuff. I think in general, the idea is rely on your community, Mm -hmm. find people that are like-minded, and try to hang out and (laughs) see if you guys can like. I mean, it just seems like
0: more and more, even on a retailer side, Uh um, I look to my community, and I I feel like we have a responsibility to try to do what we can within our community, whether it's with Surfrider to try to help. Um, you know, whether it's giveaway prizes for some of their events or as we're doing here in the the water testing station. Um, but at the same time, like we can, as friends, you don't have to own a shop to be able to kind of do these things and, you know, and again, um, find your local shop, you know, hopefully they're kind of going that direction. I feel like there are a lot of people that are kind of recognizing, you know, what, what am I doing here? What am I doing there? It's not all about just taking people's money for the most part. You guys going to set up daycare maybe in the boardroom? I mean, it's 200 square feet. I've got a lot of uh, rubber mats so we can let the kids bat Oh, imagine like a full-on like little springboards or like the, you know, they have those those places where the kids kind I don't know if they'd be like used like
1: by children no, or by no, 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 Yeah, I know. More likely.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, moving
1: on from the, to the next topic. Um, here's one that may be a little uh, tense. Okay. Uh the decline of United States made boards uh on the racks in surf shops. And uh I know you're gonna have a perspective on that because sure. you own a surf shop. I do. I have a perspective on this because I used to shape glass boards and sand them, which is definitely the worst part of it. Um well, well, that's my wipes. brother. Um and it's, it's definitely something that's happening in the industry right now. We're seeing a big change in kind of how things are done and what we're seeing on the racks and uh, the retail side of it has changed, the manufacturer side of it has changed. Everybody that's involved uh, has an opinion on it. Sure, there's a lot of stuff going around on the internet right now. Tensions are kind of running hot. Right. Um,
0: so it's, Anything in particular you would highlight in regards to tensions being hot? Was there a, a, a recent topic of conversation, well, if you will, that was uh, that was a hot button on this?
1: Yeah, there's like a you know there's a a bunch of folks that are working in the industry in the United States and have been for a very long time that are basically calling bullshit on uh, on what's happening in terms of offshoring all the production of boards and then dropping them on retailers, um, in a, it, and you know, the, the economic side of it is it, it makes sense right. for a retailer. Right. And if you want to have boards in your shop, it's really hard to say no to. Right. It's
0: well, and, and there's also the perspective that, um, you know, surf shops don't make much off of surfboards. Uh, they go through a lot of different hands and because they go through so many different hands to be able to get to the point of where it starts as a block of foam to the point that it gets to a shop is, you know, from the shipping to the packaging to the glassing, the sanding, the shaping, uh, getting the product over there, all the The, raw materials. the, sh- the shipping of, of each one of those parts of the raw materials, those are all, they all incur costs. And by the time it gets to the surf shop, you know, we make you know a hundred and change you know not much off of that and it's and it's so hard there's so many good companies but you out there put in like five or six yeah hundred you have to, yeah exactly to so get that that 100 it's not like no, no, yeah, yeah. So it's not as if like, oh, cool, whatever. No, I've got to go ahead and roll the dice. And th- and again, so what I was just saying was that you have so many great companies out there, and all these great companies are making so many cool boards. And obviously, you can see the marketing value in it from you know whether it's you're following somebody on Instagram or this and that. And 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 it is literally impossible unless you have a place to be able to hold two to three hundred surfboards. For you to be able to have carry a good variety of boards, so that people can come here, peruse, and find something, because it's a needle in a haystack. I mean, so in order for me to have two, three hundred boards to do that, I've got to invest one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars. So that's the numbers that you're dealing with. Yeah, that, and so that's so. Why, what, so why is it the, the 200 to the two hundred
1: to three hundred boards?
0: Uh, uh, matter of selection, um, and and at the same time, you know, with. Online purchases now, and I think with the uh, with the advent of volume counters or indicators on boards, people are now able to kind of pinpoint the type of board that works for them. They're saying, "Okay, well, this has got this kind of flow. I'm kind of surfing in a place that's going to be a little gutless, so I'm going to go ahead and I know that this volume is going to work on something a little bit wider and stubbier and a little bit more fuller and railed uh, from you know nose to tail." And they can find a board exactly because how hard is it that you have to go to a surf shop? that you'll actually find the board that you're looking for. And unless you're going through two, 300 surfboards that you might be able to select from, a surf shop that you know that's carrying anywhere between 50 to 150 boards is gonna have a little bit of a harder time. So you might end up getting a board, You know, as a surf shop owner, you'll probably buy boards that kind of work best for your particular area, but you gotta wait for that person to kind of come there. You've gotta educate people and then try to sell them on it as well. So um, it's hard. And then, but then you kind of start to like, and this is kind of go back to like certain companies that we work with that do make their boards overseas. And you know, they're big and they have a lot of money to be able to go ahead and and set up certain programs with you that help alleviate some of that burden. And for me, it's a matter of having skin in the game. Like we've been doing this for almost 10 years. We hardly make anything. We want to do this, but I can't buy five surfboards that are going to run me $2,500 and then all of a sudden have it due in 30 to 45 days. It's like, it's an impossibility, and then it's only those five. So then all of a sudden, I, if I do five from Lost, five from Merrick, five from someone else, that's 15 boards that just cost me $7,500, and it's only 15 boards. So the chances of being able to kind of get that sucks. And you have that person that like will call all the shops. Do you have this board? No. Do you have this board? No. What are they doing? Because they don't want to drive to get to here and not find it. I get that as a consumer. I get why they're purchasing things online. So as a retailer, we're having to go ahead and start bouncing around. Do You start going for the cost effective price point boards for those beginners that will be made overseas so that somebody that wants a board can spend 450. dollars 550 on a board, or if they want that good quality board, i got to have a decent selection. So maybe a company will be out there and say, hey, we're going to go ahead and float you a couple boards to go ahead and make sure that you have a good selection because we have extra boards, and then you go ahead and sell it. it. And, and, it and it takes a lot of that burden off my shoulder because, I mean, still got to pay rent, still got to turn to keep the lights on, still got to pay staff and ourselves, and surfboards aren't going to make that, that margin for me. So it, it's hard, you know? So the way that I've
1: been looking at it the, after you described it is you have like a responsibility that you feel to. <laughs> to, <laughs> to, these guys. to stop
0: Ladies and gentlemen, hold on before we finish no, 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 up, no, no, no. We've got Island okay. Water Sports Miami, <laughs> hashtag IWS Miami.
1: Welcome Scott. Hi everybody, how you doing? How's it going? Well, I said, Hi, I heard about the show. Congratulations oh, on the show. Thank you, thank you. I heard it's just blowing up. I just wanted, <laughs> so to, going on. I just wanted to come by and see what it all looked like. You Wait, know. well, you want a beer? No, no, I'm good. We're going right. to sit back and let you do your okay. thing. Okay, let me just All right.
0: Yeah, back. This guy <laughs> over here. <laughs> Island Water Sports Miami, you know what? Uh, speaking of our other local shop. I mean, we're down here in the south. Scott's up there in North Miami. Uh-huh. We're the only two places, and we constantly talk to each other about board sales and the decline of it. We're saying we're the only two surf shops uh-huh. down around millions of people. How are we seeing declining sales year over year of surfboards? Yeah. It's not like there's another shop that opened up, and I, and I think personally... And, and there's got to be more people surfing. Right, And and a lot of it just comes down to, I think, that people are... Finding things online that work for them, or they're going to places like you know your IWS in Deerfield. That's got a conglomerate amount of boards, like a massive amount, you know, and a better selection to be able to do that. And I get it, you know, it's just kind of the nature of the beast. So Bob and we kind of do with what we can.
1: Yeah, I was saying something right before Scott came in. It was, um, you know, when you when you come to a beach town and you look around at all the retailers. There's a lot of people selling basically like sundries and souvenirs and a bunch of this other crap, right? And maybe crap you might like it, I don't know. Um, But the point is that they're not selling hard goods, you know. And you guys have set up uh, your space, you know, at a beach town because well, that's where a surf shop should be, right? But you're selling hard goods which have notoriously terrible margins, right? And you're continuously stocking them and you feel a responsibility, I would say,
0: right. to yep. keep them in the store because you are, after all, a surf shop, not a sundry shop. Right, and that's kind of what separates you between like a Pacific somewhere uh-huh. or a Buckles or a Tilly's or what we call a feel-good store or a big box brand. Uh-huh. You know, the, the biggest differences in that will be exactly that. The education that we're able to offer and the product mix that we have and hard goods happens to be that, that big difference. Um, but we're finding, which is weird about surfboards, that people are finding in other places, but they still need leashes and deck pads, and for whatever reason people are might be buying the boards somewhere else, but they're still so picking up, weird. they're going to the surf shop for the leash and the deck pad. I mean,
1: there is a ton of value coming to a local shop right? and talking about surfboards. The people that are at your local shop care about surfing and they know a ton about surfboards and their design and what works and what doesn't work, and I mean, you can order a board, you know, online if you know what you're looking for, but how do you even know what you're looking for? And I think there's still, like, a really big customer service for at least, like, take it out of business terms, just, like, helping a guy or a girl pick out a surfboard. I mean, it's a daunting task, especially if you're just starting.
0: Absolutely, and, that, and that's where I think we, as a surf shop, boutique shop, whatever the case is, still have as our, our realm to work with or within is making sure you have knowledgeable people here and, and that are gonna ask you all the right questions. Because at the end of the day, for us at least here at First Surf Shop, and I know Scott's the same way at Island Water Sports in North Miami, it's not about making the sale, about getting the board and stuff like that. It's making sure that you get the right board for the right yeah. person, because that person's gonna come back again. I, don't, I can't even tell you how many times we've, we've tried to convince people not to get a certain board because in their mind, they're like, this is the board yeah. for me. And you're like, well, what are we doing? Wait, what's your skill like? Uh, I don't think they'll struggle, struggle, you know, and it's just like, look, I want to, you know, I like making money. I like to be able to keep the lights on, but at the same time, I want you to be happy because I know you're going to come back Yeah. If, if it's something that you're happy with. And so more than anything else, um, it's really important that you kind of go to your shop, support them, your local shop, whoever they are, but at the same time, ask questions. I mean, gone, I think are the days that, um, you know, that you could that you're intimidated because I know sometimes going to any specialty store could be intimidating if you haven't done it before. Whether it's snowboarding, biking, even tattoo shops, whatever, like if you don't know what to do, it's kind of intimidating. So we try to take that intimidation out. We kind of let you walk in here and just like, whoever you are, you're welcome. Let's figure this out. That's
1: the way it should be, I think. I mean, in in any customer service industry. Absolutely. You're not just selling stuff, you're helping people buy things.
0: Right, Right. you're connecting connecting their, their dreams. To what you, you got on there, some sort of hard realities. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh,
1: I guess know, uh, yeah, this conversation is really around the idea that it's just hard for a retailer to be in business one, and then um, if they're going to make a commitment to, to stocking boards, you know, like they're trying, trying hard to keep boards on the rack, and um, when everything else is so hard, how the hell do you
0: manage now, to keep? Those are surfboard manufacturers on a larger scale. What I've seen is, is a complete, you know, explosion of the crafted surfboard of your local shapers, whether it's locally here or okay, California or parent. the Northeast.
1: Okay. So you said explosion. I think that's the wrong word to use. Okay. Because uh, board for board, they're not doing the volume.
0: No. And, right. And no. I
1: think that uh, you might be.
0: Explosion in the way of maybe, uh, and again, I guess, I guess it's more on the social media side of things, uh-huh. where you are, I at least, seeing that much more crafted boards, and not necessarily that they weren't out there already. They're maybe more exposed, uh-huh. maybe that more, goes. maybe there's more exposure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more that exposure. Goes. You're right, not exploding, but maybe there's more exposure to them, and there is more of a interest Good. in the in the crafting of these boards. Um, of these, you know, hand shapes of American shapers. Yeah, or not even American,
1: but just like anyway, hand uh, shaped, right. craftsman made pieces of science slash art. Right, and I think that's the whole that's the whole part of it is that your local shop may be stocking boards from overseas, and that's because they want to keep the lights on. And they want to give you surfboards, but there is this whole other alternative. Right which is a completely different realm really of surfboard buying the way that it is these days and going into uh, a shaper and telling him what you surf like and then having him give you feedback on what you should be riding and how he can help create that and create this relationship over time is like a a totally other part of surfing. Right. And I think that is maybe where the explosion should be happening. Right. And I think that if, you know, like even you guys as shop owners can start to let people know that these sorts of relationships exist.
0: So, but here and there lies a challenge as well because you have all these shapers are also going direct to consumer. So they're not necessarily coming through a surf shop to be able to go ahead because they're thinking, why do I sell it at a surf shop if I can just sell it directly? You know, they can make that extra couple dollars and the person just comes to them or emails them or DMs them or this and that and they work with them. So then all of a sudden, as a surf as a surf shop owner, do you get mad at those local shapers because you're just like, hey, you're not even selling through me to go into someone else. You're selling them to them directly because you have the access now with social media and everything else that these local shapers and these great crafted shapers can kind of just get to people without being at the surf shop. Mm-hmm. So then, from that perspective, what is a surf shop to do?
1: I have no idea. I mean, yeah. I come from a business background, and so this whole thing just to me like is very typical of of an industry in flux, you know. We've seen in many other industries, and we'll continue to see it kind of hash out, but in a way, it's worked in other things, is that, from what we've discussed, there's mass-produced boards that are purchased by certain folks for those reasons, and then there's handcrafted, uh, highly valued and coveted, because of their uniqueness, other boards, and, and something in between, usually. Right. And then the consumer has to make the decision, you know, which direction they're gonna go with. And I mean, I don't know how it's gonna work in, struggle in terms of retail, thing. but it's uh, it's it's an interesting thing. And right. I think like, you have to support your local shop. Right. You have to support your local shaper.
0: And how that works in unison <laughs> is still Buy more surfboards, every- I think that's the answer. <laughs> yes. Just everybody should buy more surfboards and not everyone's. everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. <laughs> I mean, they're happy shop's happy, the shaper's happy. I mean, who knows? Maybe we just convert this room into a shaping room and we just start doing our own boards. I mean, there's that. I don't know, maybe.
1: That's a whole other, that's a whole other idea. I know. We do have other things to
0: talk about. All right, let's keep going. Um,
1: So something that I've uh, watched on ProSurfing on the, uh, uh, when they do the live feed. Yes. So when they're doing the live feed, You watch, a lot of times it's like when the action's not happening, uh, they're about to like cut away and they go to commercial, and you'll see the competitors going into the next heat, and they're about to get in the water, or the guy's leaving, and the girl's leaving in the water, and you see like a bunch of people on the shoreline high-fiving. Right. And these are professional surfers during a professional contest. Yeah. And they're completely accessible to the spectators. to, To their fans. Pretty cool. And it dawned on me, yeah, what the
0: hell? I've never seen anything like this in any professional sport or celebrity or anything. Right. Now that you're able to get that close without paying the $1,100 floor seat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, first of all, it's just sitting there. And then, like, you can be like, hey, what's up, McFanning? High five. And he'll high five you back. Right, And you're like, that guy just is about to go surf pipe right now. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. Comes out, and all of a sudden, world champion is like, can I just high five the world champ just before I went up? Did my high five help him? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yup.
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, I think it's um, one of the things that I uh, overlooked in surfing that I really, really love and enjoy. And I have been doing so for forever. Yeah, I mean, you paddle, I paddled out in certain lineups, um, and there's a guy that I idolized like my whole childhood right. paddling out next to me. And I'm like, holy cow, I could drop in on this guy, and, <laughs> and, and, it would, it would and be... then I have a story, <laughs> I drop my tape. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, but it is kind of interesting. Um, That that whole sort of concept exists and like uh, we were talking a little earlier about the whole sort of uh, issue with boards and where they're being manufactured and the the role of craftsmen and and surfboard building and all that Um, But that thing has been had that conversation has been happening to a large extent online, right? And Some of your favorite surfers are chiming in and having conversations with the guy down the block right and they're going point for point like Right, and, and, and people nothing. are kind of
0: bringing up topics or points and stuff like that. And when you're watching the contest, you're seeing you know, all these commentators from Chris Cote and everyone kind of making their comments, and they're kind of viewing things just as we're viewing things right now and kind of taking questions from people from all over the world. And at the same time, a lot of them are pro surfers that are kind of just chiming in as well, whether they're being funny or they're asking a certain question. Like, or they might see a question that somebody else asked from somewhere else and be like, oh, yeah, that makes a good point. I'd like to go ahead and be able to kind of t- it's weird. touch on that. And then all of a sudden you realize we're all in it together. Yeah. It's like the
1: pros are fans of surfing just as much as we are. And so they don't even understand the idea of segregating themselves from the other people. They're just like, no, we all like surfing. So I'm going to high five that ground as I get out of the water because
0: that's what I do. I think the ocean has a beautiful way of humbling us. You know, there's a lot of, you know, granted, there's a lot of ego in surfing and uh, or not, you know, not with everybody. But like, you know, I know there's a competitive edge, right? There's that. Healthy amount of ego that you need to have as far as confidence to be able to push forward. Um, but the ocean is much stronger than us. <laughs> and she has a great way of reminding us of that. And I think it creates a lot of humility within a lot to understand that. And then within that, you know, that maybe gets transferred into the, the, the brethren and the sisterhoods that are out there and saying... Hey, you know, we got to look out for each other a little bit, especially when the waves are good. You know, you kind of like, oh, you know, you get those butterflies in your stomach and you're kind of, you know, you're watching and all of a sudden you see someone take off on a wave and you're like, man, that guy, you know, or that girl took off a little late. You know, we're all making, you kind of see to see, make sure the person's kind of cool. What happened? Maybe they're coming out the back and stoked and cleaning it. Or all of a sudden you see a board flip and you kind of wait, wait, because at any moment that could be someone you know and, and, or it could be you and you'd want somebody to kind of come, and be able to kinda of watch your back as well. And that would go with if you're surfing with a pro surfer or not. It's not as if a pro surfer is gonna be like, yeah, yeah dude, and we've seen this. Good luck. I
1: mean you've seen this a bunch of times where uh, especially on the North Shore, unfortunately Skip, like, come on years. in here. Come
0: on. Get it's in here, it's fun. Something really? Cool then really? they wrote something like I'd Water Sports Wells Water Sports. Come on, come on in. I mean You show? know what, but we can have another segment where we talk surf shops. We could <laughs> I'm a little shy. Yeah, no, I you. Get out of here. This is, your, this is your gig. You got your notes right there. I don't see I don't notes. Words on the notes. So you guys keep going. I'm keep my head in. <laughs> Scott Payne, everyone. Scott Payne. Um, we were talking. Oh, yeah. pros and the
1: accessibility of pros. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, like what you're saying is the ocean is this big leveling force. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, if you walk into like Wimbledon, there's a very clear distinction between where the court is. Right.
0: And, and where, where your seats are. And where your
1: seats are. And with the ocean, it's like the cord is going to kill you potentially. Right. And so when you walk off of it, you're like almost happy to be in the right. stands.
0: You're like, I'm going to go hang out here. Yeah. With,
1: s- with all the people right. that are also surfers, just like me. So,
0: Right. Hey, but with surfer, it, but within sports, it? whether it's basketball or football or even tennis, at that kind of level, what do they have? They have security. They have all these things. You only see the person from a distance. so It right. adds to that kind of rock star atmosphere yeah. a little bit. Whereas with surfing and you're on a beach, you know, and granted they'll create some sort of security blocks for some of the, you know, the surfers as they're kind of coming in and out, make sure nobody's, you know, no overzealous fans. But, I mean, if you wanted to, you can go paddle out and sit in the, I mean, you could be that jerk that's sitting in the middle of the contest and be like, Kelly, you're gonna get this one? (laughs) No, me? It's amazing (laughs) that it's come so far as a professional
1: uh, vocation and all the industry that's around it, and it's still so incredibly accessible. And you can paddle out uh, next to any pro surfer, world champions, and they're just another guy in the lineup. They'll catch way more waves than you and probably... But they'll sit there and
0: they'll have a conversation with you in the water if you're in oh, Costa Rica yeah. and you have some sort of traveling pros down there. He's just going because he loves Costa Rica yeah. as well, just like you do. Yeah. He likes eating, you know, you know, pinto and, and, and rice <laughs> and having, you know, your Lozano sauce as well as having some Imperial beers and stuff like that and cruising and, and being casual. And you can just have great conversation with the water. They're like, yeah, cool, whatever, they move on, you know? It's kinda so, like that. It. it is pretty cool. So uh, are we about thirty minutes into this thing yet? Are we? Look at that. I think we're at seven oh two? I think we're we are about thirty minutes into this. Have we right. been doing thirty minutes or we've we been doing hours? We've been doing thirty minutes. 30 right? Minutes. What, you want to double <laughs> down oh, today? No, you know, I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of crazy out there, but
1: I think we covered everything we're going to cover today, so uh, we could wrap this up. Another we could wrap it up. Another outro section. Uh, so uh, this is Chris. This is episode number five. We just finished up, and I five? Think huh? Yeah, I think we're gonna do six next week. Yes.
0: Right? It's yes. Valentine's Day or anything? Is it? Does anybody really celebrate that still? Well, we'll celebrate
1: it with you. Uh, we'll see you next Friday live, and you can check everything on ThankYouServant.com on the blog. We've got all the previous episodes talking about all the cool stuff we talked about in the past. Something that's pretty relevant probably for a long time, regardless of the forecast and everything else. something, And we'll uh, be back next week. Thanks for joining.